1: Good afternoon, family. Good evening.
2: Actually, Ron Geyer, back with End Time Insights. And we love talking about the Word of God. We love honoring God. We love talking to you. We love speaking truth. I love it. In a world that's ruled by Satan, the God of this earth, Jesus called him, the God of this world, where deception and lies is the order of the day, I love that I can tell you the truth, and I love that you have a heart for truth. You know, John MacArthur was telling the church people, you know, you're all here together because we have one thing in common, and he goes, and that commonality is that we love the Word of God. We love truth. So I'm talking to you today. This is uh, the Word of God, part number five. I'll be here all year speaking about the Word of God, talking about the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, and breaking down the Word of God. John seventeen seventeen sanctify them, Jesus praying for his disciples. This is the last prayer right before, I think it was even the next day, perhaps, he was crucified. But sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes. Make them holy. Your word is truth. No, it wasn't the next day. I take that back. Okay, but let me read this. I'll do it again. I was distracted. Hallelujah. John seventeen seventeen. By the way, John is my favorite chapter in the favorite book that I have. Hallelujah. Actually, John 17, verse 3 is my favorite verse in my favorite book, in my favorite book that's ever been written. Thank you, Jesus. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes. Make them holy. Your word is truth. Here we see the aspect of the word of God that we don't take advantage of. I don't think we do. Perhaps we don't believe it, which would be shocking to me. Perhaps we don't care enough about it to concern ourselves with whether we believe it or not. But the Word of God is truth. Understand, Jesus is the Word, and Jesus is the truth. And all three of them, when you see them synonymously, you could almost just plug out the Word, plug in Jesus, plug out the truth, plug in Jesus. Perhaps we don't care about it, but the Word of God is Jesus, the Word of God is truth. In a world ruled by lying and deceit under the thumb of the father of all lies and deceit, Satan himself, who Jesus called the God of this world, There is no more valuable defense against that deception than the word of God in your life. Your word is truth. How powerful is that? It is the safeguard for the child of God from falling prey to Satan's arrows and his darts and his weapons against you. For me, when speaking with someone or counseling to someone or even just listening to someone speak, it is an easy test to determine where they are spiritually, if they are lying then it's quite simple they don't belong to God but they are of their father the devil just like Jesus said John 8:44 you are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father you will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it the children of God us we are truth seekers and we are truth speakers Truth has cleansed us and sanctified us for the kingdom use. We have been separated for God's purpose by the truth. It should be impossible for the child of God to willingly try to deceive someone for evil purposes. We are sanctified or set apart or made holy in the truth and by the truth. It's like a spiritual bath we receive that we never get out of. When we are constantly in the word of God, we are constantly being made holy, going from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And understand our holiness is a witness. Yes, it makes us different from the world, but that's our witness. But it also identifies us as children of God. It's not something we try to do on our own. We have been overtaken by, we have been blessed on the inside by the spirit of truth. That's what Jesus calls them. Jesus has placed the spirit of truth inside us at the new birth. The word, Jesus, truth, teaches us from the inside out. It's who we have become. We are children of the truth. John 16 and 7, nevertheless, Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. Well, of course he does. That's who he is. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus is going to send us the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the comforter, right? He's going to send us that, him. And in the next six verses later, he says, How be it, or rather, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. I love it here in verse 7, chapter 16, he says that I will send you the comforter. And then in verse 16, he names him the spirit of truth. So the spirit of truth is one aspect or one part of the ministry of the comforter that Jesus is sending to the church. And what a comforter he sent us. Hallelujah. This is like the primer for our spiritual pumps. The word of God will come to us again, right? The first time he came to us in a body, Jesus We have this treasure in earth and vessels, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And the truth became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. But now he's going to send us the word of God as a spirit, the spirit of truth. Jesus had options. He could choose how to appear to us. He could choose which spirit to send to us to live inside us. He could have sent us any spirit. Right. He could have identified the spirit of love. He could have given us the spirit of grace. Mercy, the spirit of compassion. And maybe he did. Maybe they're all one part of the comforter. But he just chose to focus on one aspect of the spirit's character. And that is the spirit of truth. Either way, that's fine. He chose to accent the spirit of truth and thank heaven that he did. Now, this spirit has been inhabiting the church for 2,000 years. Hallelujah. In God's infinite wisdom, he chose to give us what he felt we needed the most. Amen? The Word of God in the world has always been under assault, but Jesus wishes to, in these last days, accent the truth, the true aspect of the Spirit's existence. Now, though the Word of God is under assault in the sanctuary of the Word of God, the Church, God's people... Yes, more than ever must have help in protecting the word in their lives. And that help came in the form of the comforter, the spirit of truth. He not only comforts us, that in itself is priceless. Thank you, Father. But he teaches us. And what he teaches us is absolute truth. Jesus says the name of the comforter is the spirit of truth. He will not only speak of the truth, but he will personally guide you into all truth. I'm not sure if you understand exactly what Jesus is saying here. We live in a world of deceit. Politicians lie to us. We lie to each other. Husbands lie to wives. Wives lie to husbands. Children lie to parents. The medical community deceives us. Even preachers deceive the sheep. Shoot, we even deceive ourselves in the church. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But it shouldn't come near you, saints. It shouldn't have any power over you because you have the Spirit of Truth living inside you. You don't just have the Holy Spirit in a book that you read. You have Him living inside you. He's comfortable in you. We have such an advantage over the rest of the world. They live under the rule of deception. But because of the Word of God, you and I, we can live in truth. We can live in reality. And don't forget, reality is not what you see here. Right, the things that you see are temporal, but Paul said the unseen things, the word of God, these things are eternal, and we have that. We have the things that are going to last place inside us. That's what God did for us, or we're supposed to anyway. Christians being deceived is the ultimate insult to the presence of Christ. There are many ways that people deny Christ. Christians refusing to follow the Holy Spirit is one of those ways. People say, but Ron, I don't deny Christ. Oh, yes, you do. If you vote incorrectly, if you vote for people that are willing to kill our children, if you vote for people that are willing to promote and pay for sexual depravity, you think that's following Christ? You think that's not denying Christ? Let me say this. When you deny his word, when you disobey his word, you deny him. If you follow false men of God, if you go to churches that don't teach you the truth, that won't talk about sin then you're denying Christ. If you let the news media decide your doctrines for you, when you have God's Holy Spirit of truth inside you, if you insist on following false men of God, then you most certainly have rejected the lordship of Jesus Christ. And remember the number we told you a few months back, only 9% of Christians have a biblical worldview. I mean, what does that mean? It means that you don't believe what the Bible says about the world, or you haven't studied to see what the Bible says about the world. And if you're following the doctrines of the world, you have denied the lordship of Jesus Christ. We've got to get it right, folks. Jesus is coming back, and he will not put up with man's form of Christianity, and that's what we've done. We've trumped the word of God with man's doctrines. You know, the church I used to go to, they are really big on health. Living healthy, eating healthy, exercising healthy, all that is well and good. They're working on the outer man, though. Church is supposed to be working on the inner man. He's supposed to be working on your soul, that he is perfecting that which concerns you so that you're ready, you're fit, you're prepared for heaven. At the new birth, you get saved and you get born again, but it's on you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God that's working in you. Why? Both to will and to do his good pleasure. God has an assignment for you. You can look great. You can eat great. You can puff up your cheeks. You can get a toupee. You can do all that good stuff to help make you look good on the outside, but Jesus is working on the inside. That's what church is supposed to be working on, not the outside. We got to get it right. He's coming back, and he will not allow what man is doing to his church to remain. You either obey him and follow him and learn of him, or you get ready for one more tattoo. The Word of God is absolute. It's always absolute. The Word of God never compromises. There's no wiggle room to the Word of God. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And Jesus tells us why in John six sixty three. It's the Holy Spirit of God that quickeneth, that brings life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Amplified Classic says it this way. It is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit. It's got no benefit to you. It's going to die. The flesh is designed for your existence while you're here on this earth. The spirit is designed for your existence eternally. So why do we put so much access on the flesh and we basically ignore our spirits? You know, speaking the truth in love, why? That we may grow thereby. We're supposed to be growing. Our souls are supposed to be growing. Spirits are eternal, folks. They don't die. One of the challenges that any good pastor or Bible teacher or any good minister of God's word faces is to convey the spirit of the message to the spirit of man. Most children of God, because they don't walk in the spirit, because they don't read the word of God, because they don't study the word of God, they don't know the spirit of truth, we live in carnal existences. They live in the flesh, and they fail to access the promises of God, which are all spirit. Notice the prior scripture concerning the spirit of truth. He will not only guide you, to the truth, but he will guide you into truth. We have moved out from the spirit of the world now into the spirit of truth. Truth is no longer foreign to us, or it shouldn't be, guys. Truth lives inside us, and we live inside truth. There's so much richness to the word of the Lord. Look at God's promise to Israel concerning the truth. You'll find it in Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant that I will make with them, the Jew, after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. We, the church, are already living in those promises. We already have the laws written on our hearts. We've already got our minds renewed by studying the word of God. So we already have the Word of God living inside us in our hearts and our minds. This process, it's His Spirit, the Word of God, living in our spirit or actually giving life to our spirit. You know, people that don't know God, that aren't saved, that haven't been born again yet, they're dead to the things of God. Their spirits have not been lightened by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what being born again means God coming inside, giving life to your spirit that once was dead. I am alive to the things of God now. I am able to receive the truth when I hear it spoken. I am able to read the Bible for myself. And because my spirit is now alive, I can understand it. The Holy Spirit can quicken to me what I'm reading. Not only that, but he can bring the power that comes with the word of God to pass in my life, to bear in my life. And I'm able to obey him now. I don't condemn people that don't know Jesus Christ for sinning. They should be sinning. They don't have the ability not to sin. They're lacking the life of God, which frees them from sin. They don't know Christ. They can't receive the truth. There's a scripture about casting your pearls before swine. You know, I have one message for the lost. You need to repent and get saved. That's the message to the lost. I don't need to expound Scripture to them. I just need to get them saved, and that is done by letting them know they need to repent of their sin. Their sin has been taken care of by the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept his death, burial, resurrection. Receive what he did for you. He took your place. Hallelujah. He gave you his heaven, and he took your hell. Receive that, and let him come inside to your spirit and give life to your spirit by the indwelling spirit of truth. He will light your spirit. He will turn on the switch to your spirit. Your spirit is eternal. It will never die. But right now, it's living under the rule of Satan. It's dead if you haven't accepted the lordship of Jesus Christ into your life. And that's the new birth. He brings life to your spirit. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. And you might have life more abundantly. Amen. So this dynamic process, the way that works, the Holy Spirit comes inside The living spirit of God, and he brings life to man's spirit. Hallelujah. He produces the new birth in us. One doesn't learn the word of God through flesh. You have to have the Holy Spirit of God lightening your spirit whereby you can receive the things of God. One learns the word through the implantation of the Holy Spirit of God by the power of God. As we submit to the word in us, we are now then transformed into the image of God. People envy me. And they often will compliment me for memorizing a lot of scripture. Well, the truth is, I don't memorize any scripture. I learn scripture by living what I read. Then they become real to me. They become a part of me. They literally are his life in me. Think about it. The most important entity in the entire existence of creation is God's word. And he places it inside us. Wow. Nothing, and I mean nothing, comes before that Word of God. And it's ours. He's ours forever. If you will abide in me and let my Word abide in you, you will ask what you will and I will do it for you. What a principle here. If you abide in me, I do. I'm saved. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ. Right? 56 times in the New Testament that phrase is used. In Christ. We are in Christ as children of God. The people who are not in Christ, there's no neutrality. They are in Satan. So we are in Christ and nothing else is more important than that. Nothing comes before the word of God. He allows the word of God to live in us. Psalm 138 to David, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For you have magnified your word above all of your name. You know, I used to think there's nothing more important to God than the name of Jesus. There's nothing above that. And yet there is. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. God himself magnifies the word above his name. One doesn't understand this by the flesh. This is spirit to spirit communication with God Almighty. Think about that. You open up the Bible, you read the Bible, what are you doing? You're talking, you're communicating with God, the creator, the God. I mean, you're not reading about a Western author. You're not talking to Louis L'Amour. You're not talking to Clyde Cussler. You're not reading the latest self autobiography by a famous politician or a movie star, you are communicating with the author of creation. If you go to read your Bible and you keep that thought, it will really open up the Word of God to you. Spirit to Spirit, communication with God Almighty. It's the Word in me, Christ in me, the hope of my future glory, receiving divine communication of truth from God himself. You know, this stuff should hold us to a higher standard, a heavenly standard. Our flesh should be held under by the presence of the spirit of life taking control over our existence. We must turn things around, saints. I am a spirit being first and foremost, and so are you. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit, and I am known by the spirit, and I worship in spirit and in truth. We need to start accenting our spirits. The Bible tells us to walk in the spirit. Basically, it used to be I only visit the Spirit of God, but now, as a mature Christian, I live in the Spirit, and the times of the flesh are only visitations. I don't spend time there. We've got it backwards right now. We only visit with God, and we're living in the flesh, and we're living carnally, and only visiting the Spirit. We're supposed to be visiting the Spirit world on rare occasions, actually not at all, and we live in Christ, but... Lately, the way it looks to me is we are living in the world and rarely visiting with the Spirit of God. That's got to change. If we will stay in the Word, that will ensure success in our spiritual walk with God. Colossians verse 9, chapter 1. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you are supposed to understand the things of God. When we deal with judgments, the Bible says, Psalm 69, God is known by the judgments which he executes. You know, no longer at my last church because I told the pastor in a discussion that COVID was a judgment of God upon the earth. And he says, no, it's from hell itself. And you're supposed to understand the things that are going on. You know, the persecution that Israel is under, you're supposed to understand that. Uh, the judgments that God brings in the earth, whether it's Katrina, whether it's nine eleven, for the sin that we commit when he's trying to get our attention to correct us, we're supposed to understand that. But when pastors blame the devil or when they say it's just the natural tendencies of the universe, you know, they don't know God. They don't understand God. And therefore, someone that's supposed to teach us about these judgments and what they mean, they're no good to us. They're no help for us. This is why Paul prayed this prayer. He knew we could only connect with God spirit to spirit. You know, the Passion Translation of the Bible, the author will plainly tell you he wrote it so that he could promote an emotional connection with God the Father. What? We're not supposed to connect with God emotionally. We don't have a soul-to-soul relationship with God. We connect him spiritually. That's the whole idea. Those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. And if we're trying to connect with God emotionally, I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're going to connect okay, and we're going to connect emotionally, but we'll be connecting with demons. We'll not be connecting with the Lord God. We keep drifting back to the flesh when we don't read the Bible, when we don't understand the things of God, when we don't submit to the Word of God. Spiritual understanding is just that. If we don't feed our spirits spirit food, we will never understand what God is doing. It's his will that we understand him. That's why Paul prayed this way. Look at it. Let me read it again. Colossians 1, nine. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire, this is Paul's desire, speaking on behalf of God, that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom, not part wisdom, all wisdom, spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding, you are supposed to know God, spirit to spirit, deep calleth unto deep. I'm going to pray tonight that you would desire the knowledge of God, that you would be filled with the knowledge of God, and that you would walk in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's what you need. You need to know God. If your pastor is not revealing God to you on a spiritual level, if he's promoting you getting to know God by your flesh, which is impossible, he's hooking you up with demons. You are to have a spiritual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your worship must be spiritual. Father, I pray that you send repentance to saints Who are not seeking you through the Word of God, Father. I pray that you would lead them to true men of God that would speak to their spirit's truth, that would encourage them to read the Bible. I pray that you would put in them a supernatural hunger, a desire for the sincere milk of the Word, that they would grow thereby, that they would seek first the kingdom of God, hallelujah, and your righteousness, and all these things that they need would be added unto them. I thank you for their lives. Protect them. Know them. Draw them closer than ever before, Father.